Shalom and welcome to another Jewish Boston and Israel 360 joint podcast. I'm Mary Manzavin, and I'm here today with Maddie Burns of Israel 360. Hi, Maddie. Hi, Miriam. Thanks for having me on the show. Today, we are thrilled to be speaking to Liraz Cohen Mordechai. Liri established Fashionating by Liri in 2016. The company's mission is to empower Israeli fashion designers, brands, and companies, and to bring Israel's story through a new and unique perspective of fashion. Liri is a fashion lecturer and New York City fashion blogger who holds a master's degree in global fashion management from the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Liri also manages the New York-Israel fashion and tech meetup community and, as a certified stylist, is deeply involved in the fashion industry in New York City. She started a new exciting program with Taglit Birthright, where participants can extend their trip and join Liri for four extra days of Israeli fashion. On the trip, students meet top designers, explore some of Israel's best shopping centers, participate in hands-on workshops, peek into the future of fashion through the most exciting fashion tech startups, and work on their very own Project Runway Israel. She also gives interactive presentations about Israeli fashion all across North America. Before we get into our conversation with Leary, I want to encourage all of our listeners out there to subscribe to the Jewish Boston and Israel 360 podcasts on SoundCloud and follow us on social media. All right. Leary, thank you so much for joining us here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about that. <laughs> awesome. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be so interested and inspired by fashion, particularly Israeli fashion. Well, it's a very interesting story, actually. I see myself, uh, first of all, as an educator. Um, so my background before I moved to the U.S. Um, almost five years ago, I was the manager of the training and development department of Inditex. So Zara and Pull and Bear and Bershka in Israel. Um, and that was the first time that I actually really understand how, how the fashion industry can be so strong and amazing and uh, impactful. And I loved my role in Zara, uh, but I wanted to do something that I felt as more of um, added value into it. So I decided to move to the U.S. and I've become an Israel fellow at Duke University as part of Hillel International and the Jewish Agency. And I loved my role. I mean, I loved uh, bringing Israel to campus and working with the students and uh, bring speakers to campus and so on. Uh, but while I was doing that, I actually missed fashion. I missed how creative it is and dynamic. And I was trying to find a way to still be in touch with everything that's going on. So I opened my own blog and in between the first year and my second year at Duke, I came to New York to FIT and I took a few courses. Um, and basically once I finished my position there, I kind of like needed to get to a decision of what I want to do with myself. Do I want to go back to the fashion industry or do I want to continue with the Jewish world with, um, you know, Israel advocacy? And it was really, um, very hard decision for me and I had this aha moment when I was jet-lagged in Israel and I realized that I don't actually need to choose because 
Israeli fashion can have both of that. We have in Israel amazing fashion, um, and actually we can learn a lot about Israel's story and the different identities of Israelis uh, based on what we're wearing. So that's the way I kind of established the company because I didn't want to choose between fashion and Israel anymore. <laughs> Larry, let's dive a little bit more into that. Your presentations tell the story of Israel from the 19th century until today. Every milestone in Israel's story is presented in two layers, history and fashion. Can you tell us about the beginnings of Israeli fashion? Yeah, sure. So actually, even in my presentations, I'm not talking about Israeli fashion starting from 1948, the establishment of the country, but even before that. So in a way, it's it's interesting, but um, uh, people immigrated to the, to the country realized that the power um, that fashion has, basically what we're wearing tells a lot about us and convey some kind of a message. So people are not only thinking about uh, what should be the new uh, national anthem or how should our flag would look like, but they were thinking also about what should we wear? <laughs> uh, this new Israeli person in this new country, what kind of clothes uh, will represent us? Um, one of these figures is Chemda Ben Yehuda. She's the wife of Eliezer Ben Yehuda. And she actually even contributed herself to the Hebrew language with the word fashion in here. Hebrew, uh, of mm. uh, she also was writing a fashion column in one of the Jewish magazines of the time. I'm talking about 1904 uh, that was happening. Another person who was more involved into the fashion is Rothschild. Um, so he's known in giving money to, his, to the new establishments in the country. But actually, when Rishon LeZion was established in 1882, um, he was also ordering 300 abayas for the women uh, that he wanted them to wear. So already back then, people were very mindful about um, fashion. So how did early immigrants from both Eastern Europe and immigrants from areas in the Middle East and North Africa um, impact that formation of Israeli fashion? Yeah, so it's it's interesting because from you see in photos from that time that there was kind of a mix, a blend of, of fashion. You could see someone wearing um, a shirt with a Russian embroidery and has like a Turkish hat, the Fez um, hat on his head. So um, a lot of the mix between the different nationalities and the different countries. Uh, but one thing that happened also with the establishment of textile companies like Atta um, is that we saw, in a way, the unofficial uniform of people who live in the country, which is is the very much the, the way that we see Israelis today when we think about Israeli outfit, we think more of the khaki pants and shirt. And um, so that was something that also um, everyone were assimilated into this same kind of a look with these new textile companies that were um, up and coming in, in Israel at that time. And how do you think the uh, kibbutz lifestyle impacted what folks were wearing? Um, yeah, I think that because of the kibbutz, we actually have this kind of like effortless look uh, of today. Um, it seems that Israelis today are leaning more into the nonchalant um, kind of a look, very much comfortable look. That was very different than life in Tel Aviv at that time. Uh, there was a big rivalry between the people in Tel Aviv and the people in the kibbutz in regards to the style. Um, but the people in the kibbutz, they they're 
their whole mission was to establish the, the, the land. They wanted to, to make sure that we will have a country. And you're not doing it when you're wearing a well-cut, well-designed, you know, three-piece suit. You need to wear right. something that it's much more uh, comfortable. Um, and I think that was their major um contribution for them the anti-fashion was the new type of fashion so kind of like a clean look no makeup no accessories um a little bit even wrinkled clothes that Mm. that kind of like gave them the understanding that if you if you're working hard that means that your clothes are wrinkled and maybe even a little bit dirty um that just shows us how hard you work um and i think that's something that we see until today in israel that it's very much kind of the effortless uh, type of look. Right. Yeah. So now that we're flashing forward to sort of current Israeli history, it's no secret that Israel's seen its fair share of conflict. Um, yes. Have you, how have you seen that impacting people's fashion choices? Uh, wow. Uh, you can see actually um, that wars have affected the way that Israel is um, dressed. Um, so 1967, way immediately after the Six Day War, was um, was a big year in, in in Israel. I mean, obviously that's what in a way started the conflict. But at that time, two different fashion trends have have arised in Israel. One of them was the military trend, um, wearing the olive green color and camouflage and that's something that we see until today. I mean, today it's a, it's an international trend, everyone wearing that. But in Israel, it started in 67. Um, mm-hmm. And also something else that has started at that time was actually uh, taking inspiration from other people who were on the ground. So, for example, from the Bedouin in Sinai Peninsula, um, from the Arabs in uh, East Jerusalem and the West Bank. And one interesting collaboration was was uh, between this designer, Rosie Ben Yosef, that she uh, collaborated with this guy in East Jerusalem and she asked him to make her the, the same type of the keffiyeh that we know as a scarf for men. She asked him to make her uh, the pattern by the meter and she created beautiful, beautiful dresses for women uh, with it. Um, and for her, that was one step towards peace. She thought that this is a sign of uh, coexistence and collaboration. Um, but today we see we see the, the fashion choices also with different written messages uh, on shirts. So it can be um, anything that you want to, to say that you're affiliated with this group or another group politically or um, so, so that exists until today as well. Yeah, so this is very interesting to me. Can you walk us through a little bit about, and I know this is a very complex subject, (laughs) the intersection of culture, fashion, and religion in Israel? Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yes, it's it, it's interesting to see how, how these things are connected, because for me, like the way that I see it is, you know, you have, um, in a way, the fashion police, right, who gives you the, right. uh, the rules about um what should you wear and, and what is the trendiest thing now and what uh, what's already passe and then you have religion you have god's rules <laughs> of how to wear right. these clothes <laughs> and it's very interesting to see these things um combine um today you see rise in um 
that it's very trendy in a way to wear modest clothes. And we see many stylists and many fashion bloggers writing blogs about um, uh, modest fashion. And um, so we see that from one side, but also in a way, uh, the more orthodox for, for, for the outsider, we, we will think that they still look very much the same um, and, and we could not tell the difference. But it's in the, in the small elements and the accessories, it can be just a pin on the, on the shirt or on the, on the jacket that, that says that um, they're also very much influenced uh, with fashion. So in a way, I think it's, it's going both ways um, and, and, and with the small things, but, but, but we see, we definitely see that um, in both ways. And so thinking a little bit on the opposite end of the spectrum, how would you describe modern Israeli fashion and how, how, how startup culture in Israel has impacted the fashion industry? <laughs> um, I would say... I would say that modern Israeli fashion will be, I will say it's effortless chic or a casual chic, I guess. <laughs> uh, something like that, because it's interesting. I mean, it's effortless, but it's not something that uh, people are just, you know, wearing whatever they have in their closet and not um, really thinking about it. They actually think about uh, creating this very clean, uh, casual look. So everything is where it's <laughs> supposed to be, um, even though it looks that way. So, so yeah, effortless chic casual chic um and in terms of the startup uh, culture yeah I'm, I'm saying we we israel is known as the startup nation but we should be known also as the startup fashion um because many of the designers are actually using today uh technology um in their in their designs uh we have designers like uh noah raviv and danit pelling that they are using 3D printers to create beautiful garments. Um, and we also have amazing rise in uh, fashion companies, startup companies that are doing something in the intersection between fashion and technology. So we definitely see uh, the startup culture and the innovation um, also happening in the fashion industry. So what do you think is the next step for Israeli fashion? Can Tel Aviv kind of break into the clique of high fashion centers like Milan and New York and Paris? Um, well, in terms of creativity, yes, definitely. We have um, mm -hmm. talented designers who are doing amazing, amazing um, creative stuff. So I definitely think that we can uh, we can compete with the other uh, cities. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing that it's that it's needed is um, uh, the money to do that. So designers need support mm -hmm. from the government to do that. They cannot today. There is Tel Aviv Fashion Week, but most most of the designers, especially the young ones, they cannot afford themselves to uh, produce a runway show. Um, they're already struggling. And, and this is something that if we really want to take it to the next level, I think this is something that the government will need to, uh, uh, to be part of it and really support that financially as well. And, and then it will be um, it will be possible. Another thing that it's that it's important to to make Tel Aviv as a hub is that when we have the Tel Aviv Fashion Week, we really need to put emphasis on bringing as much influencers and buyers to Israel uh, during that week to see to see how amazing our fashion is. Um, I think that. This is, this is something that sometimes it's hard, you know, because they have their routine of, of going into 
the same cities that you mentioned and then going to the Middle East, maybe uh, to this small country, Israel, the size of New Jersey, maybe it's not on their map, they're not, it's not on their radar, but we really need to, to make sure that they are coming and then they will be our ambassadors outside. So speaking of runways, <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about the Walk the Runway program that you do? Yeah. Um, so actually, the whole idea behind it was um, something that if, didn't even came from me. It came from uh, from one of the participants. And, and most of the, of the things that I'm doing is coming from I'm trying to really listen to um to the to the participants and to the the customers. So uh, basically, one of the girls heard that I'm doing a lecture about the history of Israeli fashion, and she said, "Can we do a runway uh, with the same content?" And I said, "Well, I do have um, a suitcase with clothes, but I don't know if I have enough looks for." you know, a decent amount of models. So, but I love the idea. And I said, you know what, let's do that. I'm I'm all in. And I went back to Israel. I bought um, 22 looks for the models. And today what we're doing is actually really fun. It's not real model. It's real models actually, but not real, real models. It's people from the community who are uh, participating as models real people and it's really I, I see it as enga- engagement within engagement in a way because um, I'm coming and they're coming before the event even starts and we're doing the fitting of the clothes and then I teach them how to walk the runway and when is their cue and what kind of um, um, person they represent in the in the story of Israeli fashion and it's really cool because most people are inviting their friends and their family so it's becoming a huge most of these events are um, more than a hundred people each time so it's really a good way to to tell the story of Israel and really um, not only showing the the clothes on a clothing rack but see real people wearing them it's really cool yeah I am so interested to know what your personal favorite fashion moment might be. It doesn't have to be Israeli, but something you saw and it was just transformative to you and you were like, I love this. Uh, well, I I think that was two years ago. I was um, requested to open the New York Israeli Bridal Couture Week. Um, mm-hmm. um, it was an event that was between eight designers, bridal couture designers, and the Israeli consulate here in New York. And they, they invited me to open it and talk a little bit about, um, it, you know, it, the Israeli bridal couture and, and, and how this industry looks like. And I think it, it was so amazing for me because for one moment I was backstage with them, with the designers and with yeah. the models. I used to be on, on the other side in a way and, and, and cheer for, you know, for the designers and, and, and see runway shows or producing ones myself. But just to be a fly on the wall in a way, uh, that was something very, very unique. And I saw the designers and how hard they work and so much. Um, it was very important for them that, every garment will be exactly the way it should be on the model and they were uh, they were absolutely amazing so for me that was something that I, I, I really understood how um, detail oriented you need to be to, to make mm-hmm. these beautiful garments that you can call after that couture yeah okay so 
we're Americans. Uh, Maddie and I are Americans. Tell us yeah, what, yeah, what you see as some of like the main similarities and differences between uh, American fashion and Israeli fashion. Um, well, I feel like today there is a lot of similarity, especially with fast fashion. You can have the same mm-hmm. piece basically anywhere you go in the world, not even in the U.S. and Israel, but anywhere. Um, and I think one of the best similarities is the jeans. Uh, we mm-hmm. actually, I think Israelis actually took the jeans to the next level. <laughs> of uh, <laughs> we, we made it our unofficial uniform to walk with to anywhere we want. I mean, it can be to a uh, to an interview, it can be to a wedding. We, we wear it all the time, and that's actually something that started from from getting influence from from the U.S. I mean, first we took a big part of the fact that the inventor of the jeans was uh, was was a Jewish guy, Levi. Um, uh-huh, yeah. yeah, but but actually, the thing that happened was that. Um, after the Six Day War, actually, a lot of Americans came to Israel to volunteer in the kibbutz, and they came with with the denim. And Israelis saw right. that, and they were like, "Oh, wow, we want that as well." <laughs> um, and it was very hard to 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 get the, the, the Levi jeans at that time. But uh, the Israeli textile companies started to produce something similar. And until today, I feel like this is something that really the, the, the jeans and T-shirt is something that it's very much. Israeli as it is American. Um, having said that, I think that Israel, because of our geographical uh, location, we're much more influenced from European brands um, in compared mm-hmm. to the U.S. So we have many European brands that are not even exist um, here in the U.S. and and the the cutting of the clothes, especially for men, uh, it's it's a bit different. Um, so this is, I guess. Um, the location we we take what we like from both places i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are so in terms of style and fashion and particularly high fashion like what are some of the top must wash fashion houses or brands in israel today and can you tell us a little bit about like what their style is yes so i would say um in my mind, the, the 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 best fashion house is Mesquite. This is actually also the first fashion house in Israel. It was established in 1954 by uh, Ruth Dayan, um, and today she's a, a big supporter of of the brand. They reopened the brand with the designer Sharon Tal, and with the support of Ruth Dayan, that she is 101 uh, today. <laughs> wow. um, and I think today the brand is really trying to first uh, respect the, the legacy of the brand the way that it was before, but at the same time, give it a bit more of a modern um, interpretation. But it's very classic, very elegant. Uh, the quality is amazing. You will have um, silk and a lot of materials that are from from the ground, from Israel itself. The colors of Israel landscape. Uh, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful fashion house that I believe that each one of the of the items tells Israel's story in a different way. Mm. And so, where would you like? Where, if I'm like walking around like Tel Aviv, for example, like, I- am I going to see influences of these high fashion brands integrated into day to day life, or are they sort of exclusive? There's like the high art fashion, and then there's what people wear every day. Yeah, uh, I mean, the thing is with Israel is that um, we don't really have 
um, you know, uh, fancy events or gala events that you will wear uh, your beautiful cocktail dress. Not you, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but it's it's not really. And, and as I said, people will, can wear even jeans to uh, to a wedding. Um, so it's not necessarily something that you see um, that you will see that way. But you will see a lot of kind of like mix and match between high and low fashion. That's I think how people will do that. So they will take one garment that it's that it's very high fashion, but they will they will match it with something that it's you know from the market from the shuk in Israel um, to mm. make it more down to earth in in a way. Um, so that's that's I think the way that most people are doing it. Uh, th- that's by the way the reason that the bridal couture in Israel is so and internationally is so impressive because most of the designers um, they just don't have the the customers to buy. I fashion because in Israel you, you you almost never have the chance to wear it. So they 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 put all of their uh, creativity into the bridal tour because this is where Israeli brides they're not wearing uh, dresses that are effortless and casual. They're wearing the, the most beautiful dresses, right. and, and and so that's the reason that many of the Israeli talented designers are going uh, to that channel and not to the regular couture I fashion. Right. So speaking of special events, um, last night was the Met Gala. Um, I know I myself had some favorite looks from it. It is sort of the fashion moment of the year. Um, and so my favorite at uh, the theme of it, speaking of like religion and fashion, was um, <laughs> heavenly bodies, uh, uh, sort of the Catholic imagination. So um, we had uh, Rihanna show up in a bishop's hat. Uh, my favorite was Zendaya, who came as Joan of Arc. Um, did you have any favorite looks from last night? Uh, yeah, I actually, I love that event. Um, I loved Blake Lively. She was gorgeous and she had an, this amazing crown. I mean, Fran was the accessory of the of the night, but but I think she she was just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, she's always stunning. <laughs> um, okay, so where should our listeners look if they want to learn more about current fashion trends in Israel? Are there any English language um, blogs or publications you'd recommend? Yeah, so uh, first of all, you can sign to our newsletter. Uh, you can just go to um, our website, uh, fascinatingbyleary.com, and then we have a newsletter who is uh, published once a month, and we're writing about uh, the most current um trends and events uh, that we're covering about Israeli fashion that's going on either in the U.S. or in Israel. Uh, but beside that, you have Wrapped Magazine, you have um, an amazing blogger named um, Ilana, who is writing uh, a blog, an Instagram blog called Sababa and the City. <laughs> um, and, and you can really see that the amazing Israeli fashion through her blog. I really like what she does. Awesome. And if people want to get in touch with you about your talks or presentations, what's that best way to reach you? Yeah, so definitely you can go on my website. As I said, fascinating. It's the a combination between fashion and fascinating. Uh, so fascinatingbyleary.com or Facebook with the same name. Great. Well, thank you so much, Leary, for joining us today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you so much.